When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Sonny Hostin. This is Behind the Table. We had a great show today. We really did, Brian. We had a good show. It was fun. It was there were parts that were serious. We, there was disagreement, but we weren't disagreeable. I enjoy that kind of show. I do, too. And we had terrific guests, including Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes, whose wife's name is also Sunny. So I feel like every time he's come on the show, we have a very special adoration for each other. And had I married him, I would be Lady Sunny Stewart because I would have changed my last name. But his Sunny didn't change her last name, so she's not Lady Sunny. I think it's worth it for the title. That was a big mistake of hers. And, you know, I've told him that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i always in awe of him a little bit. I am a bit of a Trekkie, as ah. uh, I think will surprise nobody. But, um, you know, when he, I, I stiffen up like a, I know, do when the too. captain's on deck. It's and very, it's like yeah. the, the, just the accent. And we, we showed some pictures of, uh, of uh, what he was looking like a couple, uh, you know, yeah, maybe he was, 10, 20 years ago. He's pretty buff. Yeah. No, and he's got that, he's very dry and serious, but he's got a sense of humor. Very and, funny. Yeah. I, I really get a kick out of him, and I love seeing his relationship with Whoopi from their Star Trek yes. days. Yes. Now, you're not a Trekkie per se, but you, you like no. science fiction and fantasy and I stuff like that. I love fantasy. Uh, How do people my, know that about you? I know. It's so weird. People still look at me like, my friends are like, what? What are you reading? Mm-hmm. I love fantasy. That's my favorite genre. Things like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and you know, The Hobbit, anything. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, even though it was kind of violent for me, still loved it. Anything like that. Some sci-fi. I'm a Star Wars person, so I've probably seen every, every movie several times and all the offshoots of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never tire of a lightsaber uh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, so yes, that that's my favorite genre. I just finished Andor. I recommend it highly. Really, it's really good. Yeah, I'll check that one out. Yeah, that's really good. As a writer, do you ever mm-hmm. think about? I know you mostly you do either. Your nonfiction, but also yes. kind of fiction that's inspired by real life. Would you ever yeah. write sci-fi fantasy, something I, like that? Well, Brian, now you're now you're. I don't even know if I can say this, but uh, uh, my next book is a sci-fi book. Oh wow, <laughs> that's really exciting. We're breaking news on the podcast. That's fantastic. Yeah, all it's, right. It's uh, it's in the works, and uh, the first book of the series will be called Almitra. Ooh. All right, let's leave that as a tease, <laughs> and we'll get more about it. But that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, we also had on the show today Jerry Hollowell from the yes. Spice Girls, and she talked about confidence, and she said that confidence is our secret weapon. I, I, I Do you agree? I would find I, you're one of the more confident people I, I know. I loved that, um, and I loved her more than I would have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not a Spice Girl person. I couldn't name you one song. I am a sucker for a British accent. I also found out that her mother is Spanish. She's a Spaniard, like my my husband. So I was in love immediately. And um, she said it poetically. And confidence is everything. 
And it's something that I had to learn because I was sort of an introverted. I'm still an introvert. I know that's a surprise, too. But I I'm, was always this introverted, nerdy, too young for 12 years old in high school and just reading books. And my confidence had to grow with a lot of time and yeah. experience. And now... Well, earned confidence is actually a good thing, too, as opposed to... I believe it's earned yeah. at this point. Uh, what's always a little disappointing to me is that some people perceive that as arrogance. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's that I'm confident in who I have and become. self-assured. Yes, I am. Yeah. Very. You know, it's funny. You say you're an introvert. You do like a social gathering, but I've been out with you, and you're yeah. not someone who's like, look at me at a party, but, no, you're, but you work a room. You work a room. I can easily work a room because I like people, mm-hmm. but it takes, I don't, there are those of my friends that get energy from people. Right. The energy for me gets sucked away from me because I want, uh, you know, everyone to be happy and I want everyone to have a good time and I want everyone to have access to me. Um, but I'm a, an introverted extrovert, I think, is yeah. what they call it. As much as anyone can be an introvert and be on a daily television show. <laughs> yes, which is yeah. kind of hard for me. It used to be. It's easier now. I would think. Well, today, uh, we, we uh, kind of went near this, but today on the show, we talked about Trump in his first day in the New York civil fraud trial. And there were now, cameras. That's unearned in, confidence. Unearned confidence. Well, he didn't look too confident <laughs> to me on those cameras. There were cameras in the courtroom. You've had a lot of experience in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, what's your take on having them there? I know you said to me earlier today that they were never in there with you because it was federal. Yeah, because but... I was in federal courtrooms. You know, I have to tell you, I testified in front of Congress about this very issue. Should there be cameras in federal courtrooms and, and especially the Supreme Court? And I can tell you that the people that are most involved in the justice system, unfortunately, um, as defendants usually are African-Americans and Latinos, and they disproportionately consume media. African-Americans consume more media than any other demographic in the country. And so if you are, as a demographic, the target of law enforcement and you have the most involvement in, uh, you know, let's say a trial or this process, you should be able to watch it so that you have a better understanding of it. And that's the argument that I actually made in front of Congress. Jim Jordan, who was not very nice to me, I don't think understood the argument, actually. He was less nice to Jeff Tubin, who agreed <laughs> with me um, that they certainly should be there. But I think as Americans, we talk about our our criminal justice system is one of the best in the world, which, and I agree because I studied comparative law in three different countries uh, before I got my degree. And I do think it's one of the best systems in the world, but it should never be shrouded in mystery. I don't know why we shouldn't be able to listen and watch the Supreme Court, uh, you know, hearings and rulings and, and anything in federal court. I do like that in state court, it's up to the judge. And, you know, there's always concern, oh, how do you protect the defendant? And and lawyers are going to be putting on errors and they become actors because people think about the OJ case. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, having been in hundreds of courtrooms, they're usually very serious matters and people are not behaving performing. and performing. They're just doing their jobs and we should be able to peek in and look at that. Right. So it's kind of the sunshine's the best disinfectant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it keeps people on their toes when they know that they're being filmed. I would think so. In general, in life, it seems to. In life. Yeah. 
it seems to be a good thing to have yes, cameras. Yes, it's it's it would be a great thing. Yeah. Um, on the lighter side of things, or slightly lighter side of things, we talked about the original Tiger Mom today, <laughs> and she was saying that she had regrets about being so strict. Who's more strict at, at, with your family? Is it you or Manny? It's Manny. It's Manny. Yeah, it's not me. I, I, I'm a Tiger Mom when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know... I know what my children are capable of academically, and if they fall short of that, I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm not a yeller. Uh, It's more of a wow. Well, quiet disappointment can be worse than yelling. Well, that's what my that's what my son says. But you know, if you got a 95, well, what happened to the other five points? I know that sounds crazy, but I know what you are capable of. So I am, you know a different type of of tiger mom in the sense that I want to give them opportunity. They have to try every sport. They have to try instruments. For some reason, that was important to me. I wanted a kid that knew, excelled at a sport and and knew how to swim. And, you know, Gabriel took that way too far with the swimming, uh, with the scuba diving and all this crazy nonsense and free diving, but also playing an instrument and being a scholar. That's their job. I pay for every part of their lives, Mm -hmm. and I think their biggest job is to educate themselves and become scholars. Do you ever yell? No, I do not yell at the children. I was not a yeller. I was not yelled at, maybe because I was an only child. That's what Joy says, because she wasn't yelled at either. But my, I think we model parenting behavior, and my husband's mother was a yeller Mm -hmm. in Spanish and in English. Every now and then, I'll hear a little yelling. Mm -hmm. But he checks it. But he puts it in check. <laughs> I uh, unfortunately had to yell at all of you to go to commercials today, which was we were running out of time. Because I, I don't like when you play the music. Well, I think it's rude. That and was a conversation Whoopi we had. Whoopi is an EGOT, and you're playing her off. I understand. But like as it's I've, the Oscars. As I've said rude. several times, um, time is both finite and linear. <laughs> and I'm the only one who seems to understand that. It's we, rude, Big Ben. It's also rude to just go to black people, in the middle of the people conversation. people know that's your nickname? Yes, it's come ben, up. Ben? Yes. Big Ben? Big Ben, like the clock. <laughs> I find the, the the big feels like an attack, hey, but it's fine. Ben. Um, yeah, well, listen. So we had just had that conversation, the commercial before, where you were saying you did not enjoy being played off. I just think it's rude. I agree, but I have no other option. You there, can't do that to whoopee your joy. It's there are rude. big clocks and signs <laughs> saying that we're out of time at a certain point. What De- else am I supposed decorum. to do? I could get a siren. I could get some sort of <laughs> flashing light that says we have to go to commercial break. But, you know, we have guests. I don't want to have two minutes for Jerry Hollowell. You just talked about how much you enjoyed her. I did enjoy her. I, I can't cut out Sir Patrick Stewart. No. No. So, you know, we have to make choices. It is hard. Well, it is hard. I still don't I understand. It. I know. I'll try to come up with something new. <laughs> but yelling didn't seem to really be the... No, uh, that doesn't work for us. No. No, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I, I did enjoy the smirk on Whoopi's face, and I'll enjoy all the articles about producer loses it and screams at the, uh, screams at the host of The View. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Woodward and Bernstein. Pen and paper. Wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, all right. Well, another topic we did today was about a teacher who got fired yes. after it was discovered that she had an OnlyFans account to make more money. Yes. You had a very strong opinion on this. Yeah, I just I think it's such an honorable profession. Mm-hmm. It's up there for me with nurses and doctors and lawyers and and public servants, uh, you're entrusting your child with people, uh, you know, that are of high moral values, you you hope, and uh, they're with them almost longer than they're with you Mm -hmm. uh, during the week. You know, we're talking eight hours, 10 hours. And I, I just, I think it's beneath the dignity of the profession. My mother was a teacher. Mine too. Yeah. And it's just, I revere teachers. You know, I, I was a law school professor. I mean, I can't imagine like my law students looking at me at some only fans thing and yeah. then going back and teaching them 
the evidence, you know, evidence or a con law. <laughs> like that would be crazy. So I just, like I said on the show, you can use your strength to make money. Tutor, lot. I, my kids go to private school. I'm telling you, almost everybody has a tutor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Teach summer school. Maybe you want the whole summer off, but you can you can work during the summer. The bottom line is we need to pay teachers more money. 100%. And know. the panel was united on that. I mean, yeah. come on. We have a $5 billion police budget here in New York. Can some of, can the teachers get some of that money? Yes, they can. Yeah. I uh, I come from a whole family of teachers, too. I, I, the thing that, you know, I've got a kid in middle school. I, I don't know if I'd feel great about uh, like finding it. out the teacher had an OnlyFans. See? And you know for a fact every kid would find it. There's no Are you kidding? Way that they're would like not happen. Ha- master hackers by yeah. the time they're ten. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's no way that's going un- unnoticed. <laughs> um speaking about uh well, nakedness. Um <laughs> last week we talked about your new f- favorite show, Naked Attraction. It's my that, I'm watching another season now. I mean <laughs> that kind of, I'm still it's been some sort of awakening going on with Sonny and Do you um, know how many people yeah. now on staff have seen Elephant Man and, uh, and are watching it? Yeah, I have not yet. <laughs> I'm still working on it. But the uh the conversation we had last week got a lot of pickup on this podcast, especially you saying that you wanted to host the show. I want to host the US version of it. Well, I do. It's happening. There's a celebrity edition Excuse coming me? to US the US. So this this is real. And no one has asked me to host? It just got announced, so there's still time. It could happen. I think we got to keep it out there in I'm the I'm calling ether. my agent immediately. Yeah, I think this is big. So celebrities on Naked Attraction, that could I be something. I don't know that they'll get celebrities. Well, celebrities are broad stroke word. I mean, yeah, maybe, uh, like maybe like a housewife or, or like Yeah, definitely some Bravo celebrities for sure. And and maybe, um, you know, maybe some, some other people, but... I want to host that show. Yes, I do. I mean, I it's do. like the next generation of the mass singer. I, I I want to I want to host that show. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's something like I've never seen before, and I can't <laughs> stop watching. How could we? How would you be in the room? <laughs> I, I mean, because I know you're enjoying this, but you in the room with the nakedness. I could do it. I could do it. I don't know. I could do it. You've definitely come out of your shell. I, this I is, could do this it. This is something new. This All is, right. This is. I I'm going to call my agent. All right. I think there's something here. Um, a hot topic that came up during the meeting this morning, but didn't make it on the show. Uh, from the cutting room floor. Um, again, we're in this weird erotic zone. But the, yes. <laughs> it was a woman <laughs> who was embarrassed to tell her husband she was writing erotica. Now, oh. your novels have some steamy scenes in them. Do they you ever do. get nervous to have your husband read what you wrote? Do uh, you? My husband helps me write some of my... <laughs> That's great. I know your girlfriends do. You've talked yeah, about that. Yeah, I, I have... I, I, my process is a little bit different in that I have a writer's room. Mm-hmm. So I write 50 pages and then I invite friends over for, for libations and food. And I start with the libations and uh, I we have a read and I assign parts to different people. Sure. And I narrate some of it. And I invite men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my husband is often one of those. It's like, well, that was a crappy sex scene. Really? And I'm like, wow, I thought it was so sexy. No, that's that's not that's not sexy. And my friend Floyd will say the same thing. Oh, you need to amp that up like mm-hmm. that's. That's that's not sexy. So I would never, I wouldn't have to hide that from which Mammy. which of your friends is like really good at that. Uh, my friend Regina. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what kind of sex she's having, but it must say, be give really you good. To your friends, <laughs> to, like to be in a room and hearing them. It, do it all must this. be really good. It must be good because she comes up with some good stuff. All right. So the last thing I want to touch on here, this is uh, something you've talked to me about off camera. There's something going on in in the Hostin household. Um, it involves uh, a little little stress between you and Manny over yes. 
a, a your car. A car. Tell a me what's car. going on here. Well, I'm not a car girl. Mm-hmm. I've been driving. My car is, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. The car, if you've seen it, it's a mm-hmm. piece of junk. I drive it in and makes a lot of noise. Smoke comes out of it. What, what have you. Uh, but I'm not a car girl. But when I graduated from law school, I worked at these law firms that I actually hated because mm-hmm. they pay, they paid a lot of money. And I saved up enough money to buy a 1987 Mercedes SL 560. It's a car that I had seen in a movie. Uh, I fell in love with it instantly. I really wanted the Julia Roberts black Porsche that she had. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford that. No. And so <laughs> I went with the vintage model. I got it on eBay, uh, car eBay. And it purred like a dream. Uh, I was beige. It is beige. Beautiful interior. Everything, like, not really fixed up, though. It's, right. It's, it's vintage. Yeah. I like it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't care. My husband, however, decided on his own without consultation to start working on my car. So he's a car guy. He loves cars. Yeah. He loves cars. He loves tinkering. Mm -hmm. Tinkering with the human body for which you are trained is very different than (laughs) tinkering with a 1987 vintage, very expensive right now, car. Yes. And he is not a mechanic and he's not trained to do it. And the garage is next door to the chicken coop. And I was checking on my girls, on my hens, and I walked in and... The back seat was out, the front seat was out, the carpeting was out. This is a crime scene at this point. It was a crime scene. I started screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> my mother, who lives in the carriage house where all of this took place, runs downstairs and says, I was hoping you wouldn't see this. <laughs> she knew that it would be it would cause marital problems. Yes. He claims that there was he drove it. Mm-hmm. Again, without permission. Permission. He drove it and he heard some kind of clanking. I can tell you right now it's at the shop and I was told it purrs because it does. There's no clanking. He also uh, noticed a funny smell in the car. And as it turns out, there was a mouse nest in the car and mouse urine. So he was trying to drench it with the urine so that I think... I wouldn't find out why he knew that there was a smell because he should have never been in the car. So he was trying to to contaminate the scene so that you thought there was a... yeah. think so. Okay. And then he also took out the radio because he thought it should have a different radio. Okay. And I think it was supposed to be like a nice thing that he did. Mm -hmm. It was not a nice thing. Not for me. Yeah. This is not going to go well for Manny. I can tell you that much. No, he has to... Well, it's at the shop now. Yeah. I made him completely reverse course and pay for so clearly there's only one way out for manny i just want to throw it out there for him if he's listening manny get her the porsche from julia roberts (laughs) the black porsche that would that would do it that's the way out remember then remember when she was like just pretty woman and like that was the car she drove absolutely it was a black porsche Mm -hmm. and i just remember thinking wow I would like that car. All right. So, Manny, this is your way out of, this, <laughs> of, out of the doghouse. All right. On that note, we'll follow up on this story. We will keep you apprised of uh, Cardgate as we move forward. <laughs> um, 
But that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for your time, yes. Sunny. I know it's precious. Tomorrow on the show, it's Sarah Haynes joining us. And uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, thank you for listening. And please follow us, rate, and review. See you tomorrow. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.